0: Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is the Bless You Boys podcast. com is your home for all things Tigers baseball on the SB Nation platform. I'm your host, Brandon Day. With me, as always, or almost always, is my co-host, Ashley McLennan. Ashley, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. I got the uh, David Price Shohei Otani game going on here and mute in the background. Uh, price versus trout right now so you know i'm having a good day Um, although otani gave up a home run to mookie betts first thing so yeah here we are here is
0: life watching some baseball I had to turn the game off, I'll have to tell all of our uh, listeners, because I, we found I could not concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too compelling. You know, it was like <laughs> three three straight intros that just failed, because I was sitting there like, oh, what is David Price throwing? Is that the cutter? Like, what's going on? Watching him pitch to Ian Kinsler and all, like, enraptured. And of course, Brandon's concerned about this because of his fantasy team, but that's okay. Yeah, there is a little bit of concern there, although we've been doing well so far. So, the Detroit Tigers played baseball tonight, once again.
1: They actually played a game for
0: starters, which was amazing,
1: and they won that
0: game. They won the game. It can which be done.
1: Is amazing! I didn't think it was possible.
0: And I mean, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's just kind of a hard thing um, with you being in Canada because I can't really ever bitch about the <laughs> weather without feeling like, ah, eh, she don't want to hear about it. <laughs> no, but the weather I has rant- just been god awful, like all over North America, basically, for the last yeah. week straight or two weeks straight, and um, you know we just haven't been able to get. Games in there have been like a record number of number of postponements already, and the yeah, Tigers are basically crazy. off since Sunday, right? Or was it? Sunday? Yeah,
1: um, it was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday they didn't play either game of their doubleheader oh, right. against the, the, double-header, the Yankees. Yep. Um, and then Monday was an off day, and they actually did get baseball in today on Tuesday. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think
0: get sun- tomorrow already to you know, like a day game to try to get it in yeah
1: Sunday was weird it was like I think seven different games were postponed that day yeah um which is in that's a, like that's half of them basically right like that's a lot of games
0: and they got like um, almost two feet of snow up in Minnesota didn't they it was pretty close to that it looked like it
1: oh it was bonkers I mean um our our sister site Twinkietown was posting live videos of the snow falling and and um yeah it was uh it was nuts, and I think Bo Burrows actually posted a picture on Twitter today. Um, he was supposed to pitch yeah, I in-, in Erie, I guess, but there was so much snow on the field. It was just like, can't wait to pitch today, but it looked like January, yeah, um, which was amazing. I mean, it's been making for some pretty entertaining photos. I'll say that. Like, we got to watch, you know, the Cubs throwing snowballs around on Wrigley Field, and uh, you know, oh, I think during the White Sox Tigers game, some of the or it was maybe in a Rays-White Sox game, but there were guys out there, like, playing baseball with snowballs. Oh, yeah, So, yep. I mean, it's it's been really fun to watch these guys, like, make the most of it. But there comes a point where it's like, this is really frustrating. It's like, the Tigers have played, what, 13 games? 14 games now? Yep, 14, yeah, and we're...
0: Uh... And it's mid-April already. Like, it's it's bonkers. Yep. And it's, you know, and it's... And the thing is, there's no escape from it because it's not, you know, it's going to affect the schedule all year. There's going to be weird doubleheaders mixed in against the Yankees at some point. Well, I think the weird
1: one I read today was that the Blue Jays, and they're a dome team, the Blue Jays are going to play 21 games in the next 20 days. Oh, wow. Wow. It's 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 crazy how many doubleheaders we're going to have to see later in the season because of it. Like I was looking at how the Cubs rescheduling had to go because of it. And there's like, even the twins rescheduling, it's just doubleheaders everywhere and all over the place. Like they can't, you have a whole series getting snowed out. So you're having to find ways to make it work with the right, you know, the right stadium and the right teams and the right schedules. And it's just nuts.
0: Yeah, and you know, and as cute as it is to get all the videos of like the minor leaguers, you know, all running out there, um, you know, shirtless and sliding across the, the frozen, icy, snow covered tarp, that kind of thing. You know, we're getting. I've, I've had my fill already. Like this is just too much. We actually had a situation in Toronto where the dome in Toronto actually was punctured by falling ice somehow. And, well, the uh, CN Tower. Ice was yeah. falling off the CN
1: Tower. They had to clear the whole area around the base of the tower, I think, today at some point, because it
0: was breaking through glass in places. Well, yeah, and the Royals the royals were on their bus headed to Toronto, and your magical Canadian ice, you know, like glass-breaking ice, somehow flew off the, va- the bus in front of them and shattered the windshield of the second bus and reliever Blaine Boyer I believe it was had to like leap in and grab the the steering yeah, wheel the, because the bus driver got like pelted with shrapnel in the face it's like what the
1: yeah, hell is going on it's just nuts like it's it yeah and, I, and yes my canadian ice is definitely a terrifying and real thing um but yeah it's crazy when even your dome teams are getting these like it's funny the Jay's been poking fun at themselves for it because I guess they've been like, well, because we have a dome, we can guarantee play. And yeah. then their game the next day got canceled. So they were making fun of it today going, we can no longer make guarantees, but there should be a double header played today. So, Oh, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Got a little too cocky up there.
1: Yeah, that's what happens when you say it. It, you know, it foils it.
0: I mean, and it does, you know, and it does bring out the worst just because we're, you know, the sports, baseball writers in general, fans, everybody's just going nuts. And so we immediately overreact and start thinking like, well, we've got to change the schedule next year. You know, we've got to put a dome over every stadium, all this kind of thing. And, you know, if that if they do that, it will ensure like just beautiful weather. (laughs) It's oh, starting yeah. in late March next year, so you know it probably you know it's probably an overreaction to you know start rearranging the entire the entire game based on uh, <laughs> well, one long long winter stretching into spring we're having right now.
1: In in our MLB work chat, um, there were some incredible suggestions thrown around, such as only double headers um, for like I think three months of play. Or everyone just plays like one twenty seven inning game <laughs> once a <laughs> week and you just get through every series that way. Yeah. And um, you can reschedule. W- yeah. Yeah. Lots of really tremendous Rob Manfred approved suggestions for pace of play. <laughs> yep. Um, play the entire off season in just one like four-day game i think was one of the suggestions
0: yep (laughs) we gotta get Uh, just gotta get this baseball over as fast as possible yeah our mlb channel is pretty fun generally yep yeah so we've been off um yeah we've been off the past two weeks i was just going to mention this like we we normally would have recorded last week but um my grandfather actually passed away um was it like it was two weeks ago right before we did this two weeks the last show so um and and that's you know it wasn't that it wasn't that bad as far as desco he was um, he was quite elderly, he was ninety three and his wife had died um the, the year before, so I don't need a big outpouring of sympathy or anything like that. We were you know he had a great life and uh and I, and I was lucky to have him but uh, one interesting thing that came out of that is that at the same time, basically almost the same time that he was passing away, and we were having the funeral last week, um, a bar opened up called Keesling's um, in Detroit which is, like, an old family thing, which, like, my great-grandfather actually opened that bar, I think, back in the 20s. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, and it reopened. It was Edith's Hideaway. Um, I think it's in Corktown, if I'm not mistaken. I've actually never been there. I'm going now. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's a new bar called Keyslings. that is an old bar that um, used to be in in our family. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of odd that it reopened, like, right at the same time he was passing away. It was the, the bar his uh, his dad had actually owned so, that's, that's kinda, really timely. It's kind of yeah, cool. It is. And it's super cool looking. So yeah, I'm going to have to get down there and check it out. But um but yeah, that's my, why we didn't uh, we didn't have a show last week. But we are back and the Tigers are back and the Tigers won as we mentioned earlier. And they did so with tremendous bullpen work, which is kind of becoming a bit of a thing um in the early going. Like we don't like to make too much out of these things, but you know, Joe Jimenez so far has a 0 ERA. Um, through seven and two-thirds innings. Um, Shane Green got hit up a little bit on opening day. Since then, um, it's basically he's basically been throwing a no-hitter. Um, and the two of them just looked outstanding tonight. Um, Joe Jimenez is just pumping fastballs and just painting the edges. Um, Shane Green, his usual dominant self with the uh, the two-seamer and the slider. And I've just always had this theory that like bad teams have, have good bullpens for some reason. And um, yeah. we could never get <laughs> one when the Tigers were good, and here we go it's the weird like balance of things
1: right like we can never have a good bullpen in years that we're doing really well but then finally we're we're in full-on tanking mode because of the rebuild and it's like oh suddenly our bullpen actually has value which i mean props let's hope that shane green holds on to some value and is a really exciting trade ship at the trade deadline
0: yep because yeah, there's the potential for him to be like one of the premier um tradable assets in the game um at that point if he really can kind of tear it up in the first half and you know, we saw what Justin Wilson brought at the deadline last year. Um that that was a huge get for Alabama and, and the Tigers and yeah, Green could do just as well or better. And it doesn't matter. Like Wilson went on to be pretty terrible for the Cubs after that.
1: And like at least not great at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean And he's been once kind of a mess gone? this
0: year too, from what I could tell, yeah.
1: Yeah. so I mean as long as green looks good up to the deadline and we get some good prospect return that's all I care about he can have i mean I don't want to wish anything on him but I'm like let's hope that finger numbness thing just holds
0: off a little bit until yep. until he's on another team yep should be okay you know um, you know as once we get into the warm weather there so yeah just you know just use him carefully now you know kind of kind of work him through and, and try to keep his numbers as, as strong as possible because yeah he could uh, he could really return a haul. So, yeah, so that's been good to see. Um, and even, like, Drew Verhagen and Buck Farmer and some of these other guys have actually not been not been bad at all, so.
1: Like, Stump's got a zero ERA right now, too.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, Daniel Stump's been good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who's really been showing out. I guess not really, although Chad Bell came up and did nice work, and Daniel Norris had, like, one really good long relief outing and one where it kind of blew up at the end with, a ton, like, a string of what seemed like seven singles in a row by the damn Indians, so... Uh, Speaking of Norris, he'll be starting a game on Friday, his first of the season. Yep, yep. All it took was uh, the schedule getting completely borked so that uh, Daniel Norris can now start. You know, Daniel Norris is basically the servant of, you know, the schedule, um, the needs of veteran starters. (laughs) Like, he's just kind of, kind of, his his whole schedule right now is being determined by factors (laughs) beyond his control, which is, is really irritating me, but... I'm glad he's going to get a start there, and um, and I'm glad they, they kept him up at least so that he can keep working with Bazio because I really, I just really want to see Daniel Norris just start for a whole year with Chris Bazio coaching him and to see if we can finally get there. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, the relief innings have been hard to judge, right? So I, I'd like to see how far he can go into a full game um, and what he looks like coming in right from the beginning. Oh, yeah, I forgot Chris Sale was a fucking Boston Red Sox.
0: Yeah, Chris Sale, all oh, that monster. Sox. What is
1: what is the way to say that? Red
0: socks, A sock.
1: A yeah, red sock.
0: He, yep, he's a sock. I, I think that you have to. There's no other way. A
1: sock. That is a really weird way to phrase that. Please, if anybody's listening to this and has input on the correct way to make a singular red sock, because tell me red sock.
0: Yeah, this is the kind of thing that happens. Wrong. This is what happens when, when writers suddenly have to talk about stuff and then we're like wait a minute how do you pronounce this and yeah like, well I, if i'm that?
1: writing about it i can like i can very carefully skirt around it like exactly. Since he joined I
0: the red Sox, since
1: he became a red Sox
0: player yep right like just saying it is hard i love it you're saying that because i've run into it numerous times where i was like there was no choice but to refer to them as a sock and i just rewrote the whole sentence like nope
1: right not, you not just it. rebuild yep. tear it down and
0: Yep. Start all over again. The subject and the predicate. I'm getting crazy. We're going to do what we got to do, but I'm not. I'm not writing. He's a sock. I just. I, I can't do it. It's wrong. But yeah. anyway, if anybody knows the proper grammar for this, I'd be delighted to hear it. Yep. I mean, people must have must have dealt with this for, you know, a century now at least. So there must be an answer. Possibly we could look it up ourselves, but. <laughs> Uh, let's see so uh,
1: that would require having like the internet or something to tell me things i know
0: and we both have like Shohei otani up i've got like two recording devices and skype and a bunch of other crap all open i think i think my computer might burst into flames if i do anything else so
1: yeah don't go crazy i'm just
0: i'm gonna continue to instagram and watch tv so, so and then you know the other thing that happened over the past week is that chris bazio um, has been away from the team with Kind of an undisclosed undisclosed medical issue, and was supposed to kind of rest. And we, you know, I don't want to speculate necessarily what like what was going on with him, but it was kind of interesting that he just couldn't take it. And um, I think Ron Gardenhire was basically basically said to the media today, like, you know, he just he just kind of flipped out and was like, "Nope, I I can't sit at home like this anymore." And basically, what I'm imagining is him sitting at home just screaming at the TV, like watching the pitch, and just like, "No, I've got to get back. I can't watch the shit anymore." <laughs> <laughs> gotta get back there this is whatever it is if it's my heart you know like this is this is worse for my heart than being there where i can do something about it so hopefully chris Basio hasn't returned too soon and uh is taking good care of himself because so far i've been pretty impressed with his work yeah he's been good so far and
1: hopefully we're not putting too much stress on him and that's the reason he I had know. to take time off
0: yep at least he doesn't have to you know go through you know what jeff jones did with that bullpen for so long like they, that must have just you know i'm pretty sure jeff jones retired you know just, just on the basis of like what Jose Valverde did to him, probably so. Just, it just took you know a couple of years out of his his pitching coach <laughs> lifespan. Like, nope, I, I can't do this. I got to like, go fish and play golf, dude. I feel
1: like Jose Valverde Valverde took several years off of all of our lives. I think he is the cause of many a drinking problem. No, yep, could be. And uh, I, I feel like liquor sales at Comerica or at closed Meyer. early specifically because. <laughs> because of that man <laughs>
0: yeah we did uh we did get a just a lovely series of quotes from um, ron garden who is who um is just you know doing everything possible to in- endear himself to us on a personal level in which he he marveled at the wonder that is myers now that he and his wife have moved to the detroit area and just couldn't couldn't believe that there's you know a store that had you know more liquor and wine than any other <laughs> liquor store but that it has everything so yeah that was kind of funny. Just like seeing him just kind of like, you know, breaking it down. Like, yeah, we were, you know, we're just boggled our minds to go into that place. See, There are big supermarkets in Minnesota. I refuse to believe there aren't, but.
1: No, I mean, there are. Um, like I've been to Minneapolis quite a few times. But I, and I've never been to a Meijer, so I don't know. Um, please write your hate mail to me for having never been to a store that doesn't exist in Canada. Um <laughs> we have things called superstore and they're very exciting um but we don't sell the funny thing about canadians fyi and i'm not sure if this is true across canada but in manitoba you grocery stores here
0: oh interesting yeah
1: so that's not an option you have to go to a liquor store because most of the provinces in manitoba um do a provincial tax on liquor oh yeah so they're actually provincially run um so that's an interesting fun fact about canada is yeah
0: that there's quite a few states actually still um, that, that are that same way where you kind of have to go to like the state run liquor store and there's, you know, maybe five or ten of them in the whole state and it's all, yeah, you know, directly supervised by, yeah. The, by the state itself. So, yeah. I can kinda, yeah. And I, I mean, it's
1: privatized in Alberta. So, there, of course, there's like liquor stores and like porn shops on every corner. Oh, yeah. In Calgary, but other places, not
0: so much. As, you, as you'd expect, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, Garden Hire is, uh, is, you know, learning his way around and becoming acquainted with our strange Michigan ways, which is good for him. And um, looking ahead to the schedule, yeah, like so. Here we are now after all these days off, and now we've got Baltimore the next two days, both of them at I think they're both at one ten. They're both afternoon games now. They rescheduled yeah, Wednesday because it's supposed to rain tomorrow, and I think they're just trying to get games in at this point. Yep. And then they've got we've got doubleheader with KC on Friday, um, which I think is Fulmer and Norris both pitching that day. And then Casey in on the weekend, and the weather still doesn't look like it's going to be good till next week when the Tigers will, of course, then leave town to go to Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore after that. So,
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. On the plus side, if we're going to Pittsburgh, we get that beautiful PNC view. So that's something.
0: Yep, I do like PNC Park. Yep, that's definitely a good one. Um, you know, the, the problem right now too, is just that, you know, there's, there's things I want to talk about with the Tigers, but I don't want to talk about them too soon. And I'm like trying to hold off. Like it's been nice seeing you know, Victor Martinez homered again tonight. Um, just Mm -hmm. drilled one into the opposing bullpen in left center Wasn't that his first home run of the season? Am I crazy? No, I think it was second. I think he had one, one other one earlier, but yeah, the Tigers are definitely like, you know, just bringing up the, the back of the pack as far as home run power has been concerned so far. Although, obviously, that's somewhat weather-related. They have had a lot of uh, a lot of warning track fly balls that maybe would go out, you know, in other points in the year, so. But, yeah, Victor's looked all right. Vic, uh, Miggy came out of the game with a little bit of back tightness, and they're kind of, like, downplaying it like it wasn't any big deal. Um, Whoa, but what we've I seen know. is that Miguel is, is smoking the baseball and hitting it very hard, but he is not driving the ball in the air. Um, and sometimes it takes him until May or June before that really starts to come for him. Um, I've seen the show um a couple different times. I think twenty fifteen was fairly similar to what we've seen so far, so nobody lose your minds yet, but um but it would be nice to have some some confirmation from Miguel that, you know, he's back and things are gonna be okay and he's gonna be, you know, at least some some reasonable semblance of himself um as we go along, but we'll probably have to wait until the weather gets a little bit nicer to really get a feel for that. It was Victor's first home run of the season. I had to look it up. Was
1: it? Yeah. Ah. Well he was doing so well in spring training, right? So mm-hmm. we had a bunch of them in spring training, which is was great but you, you don't see anything for the first three weeks of the season it's like oh yeah but yeah it was a good two runner
0: yep yeah nick doesn't have one yet um candelario hit that freaking bomb um i think it was last friday it's like a 440 footer um nico goodrum has a home run and miguel has one but yeah we haven't uh we haven't seen a whole lot of home run power of course you know jose iglesias and um dixon machado aren't going to show a whole lot of home run power so that's just how no. it goes James McCann, I should it's a, should uh, mention that one, too, because he actually did hit a hit a pretty big missile to center field that was probably 430 feet. So they're finally starting to starting to swing a little bit more power in the bat. But, um, yeah, this offense, you know, it's just going to be kind of a struggle this year. I don't think there's anything we yeah, can do about that.
1: I don't think there's going to be a lot of breath holding here. I think we're just going to get pleasant surprises here and there.
0: Yep. And... You know, one of the early surprises that, you know, Mikey Matuk, um, you know, really struggled in the spring, um, really struggled the first, you know, 12, 13 games of the season. And so last week, the Tigers um, sent him down to AAA, where he's unfortunately continued to struggle. But um, what did you think about that move? Did you think it was a little bit too rushed? Or <clears> do you think it's kind of just the fact that the Tigers, through their lack of wisdom or just circumstance, have too many outfielders at this point And Mikey still had an option. Nope.
1: Um, I <clears throat> sorry. I have, of course. People seem to decide that I uh, love Mikey Matuck. You do um, love Mikey Matuck. I I do love Mikey yeah. Matuck but I'm I'm also a baseball realist, right? Yeah, I so, know. I love him too. But. I mean, there's there's a lot of struggle there, and I I don't think the Tigers are wrong to move him. You have the option available, and you might as well, right? Like give the guy a bit of a breather. Go down to the AAA level. Maybe work out what's what's causing your problems. Uh, it's the same logic that would have led me think it was okay to have Jacoby Jones stay in triple a. Yeah. And this way it kind of benefits them both because I'd rather see Jones getting some big league reps. Yep. And I think Matic just needs like a reset and, and hopefully he can find it because right now he, he didn't have a good game today. Um, He's just not, he's just not got the at bat. I don't know if it's the patience or if he's just not seeing the pitches right or what's happening, Um, but something's not working for him, so I I think he just might need a little time to face those lower-level pitchers and and get his... His what's the word I'm looking for here? His um, confidence. And confidence. Get his confidence yeah. back. I'm fine. I can say words. Yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just needs that return of confidence, and I don't think he's going to get that playing for a team that's like going to be sub 500 for the rest of the season. Whereas I think the Mudhens have a really good shot at being a good team this year. Yeah, and, and I think that could be a boost for him.
0: Yeah, and at very least, like you said, yeah just just getting to face kind of a lesser caliber of pitcher and a little bit less to worry about. Maybe he can kind of kind of get his approach sorted out and, yeah, and uh, hopefully turn things around. And really, you know, the other thing I like about it is that you, Jacoby Jones needs to play. Um, like, there isn't much you can take away from spring training numbers, but one of the the few things that does tend to indicate a trend that will continue into the season is your strikeout-to-walk ratio, and Jacoby Jones' strikeout-to-walk yeah. ratio this spring was amazing, um, especially from a guy who's never drawn walks and has always struck out, you know, 30% of the time or more. Um so it really it was really paining me to see him kinda kinda sitting around um when they brought him north and hardly getting to play. So hopefully he will see a lot of playing time um and they can kinda get an idea of what goes on. It it really feels like Victor Reyes is hardly gonna play. Like they're just gonna kinda keep him around all year so that they can, you know, keep him on the roster and then next year he'll be ours, you know, with options, etc. And then they can kind of yeah. do what they want. But that's, that's just kind of a weird, it's just a weird situation because you also have Mike Gerber, um, Kristen Stewart, who, you know, probably both are about as major league ready as either is going to get. Um, and, I, you know, and I like Gerber. I think Gerber could come up and probably be an average outfielder um, at this point or pretty close to it. So yeah, they, I guess they just got to kind of find out, uh, you know, if, if anything's changed with Jones and I don't know, they just have to figure out ways to keep Victor Reyes from falling asleep on the bench every day. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I'd agree that the
1: thing is that, that we have seen a lot of improvement for plate discipline from Jacoby, and I think that's a huge thing. I think that shows a lot of maturity from him and a, a willingness to learn the trade, Yeah, and, and I, I am excited to see how he develops and it, whether or not he can turn just that observation into more hits, too. Yep. Um, because it, it, the more he's learning to watch those pitches, I think the better it'll be as he goes through those same pitchers Again later in the season, um, so I'm I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm sorry, Otani has the bases loaded and Andrew Benintendi is up. Oh no! It's and true. they already have they already have somebody warming at the top of the second. <laughs>
0: Shohei, what are you doing?
1: Yeah,
0: well, he, um, yeah. no, yeah, well, this is his first time pitching in the chilly chilly cold northeast although i saw the chilly balm of you the of- <laughs> know yeah. they're
1: in anaheim
0: oh are they in anaheim oh, yeah i thought they were in boston oh well i thought they were traveling for some reason well
1: no they just finished traveling because they were in um kansas city on the weekend mm. and it was a cenoan
0: yep it sure was yeah
1: oh god anyway i'm sorry i don't mean to stress you out about this
0: no i'm fine
1: knowing that you can't
0: watch <laughs> no it's all right I don't even want to know, especially if it's going bad. I don't want to know. It's it's perfectly all right. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, you know, not a whole lot more to say about the Tigers. There hasn't been a ton else going on. Um, the bullpen's looking pretty good. The, you know, the starting pitching has continued to kind of exceed expectations. Um, Mike Fares wasn't, or Fires wasn't great. See, we're, we've been not, we've been gone two weeks. (laughs) I thought we fixed
1: this. We figured it out. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mike Fires was okay the last time out. Um, you know, he, he, he was kind of the victim of some bad defense in the outfield from, uh, Leonis Martin and Nick Whiffen on a kind of a line drive that went off the right field wall. So he actually still didn't pitch that badly. Liriano was good today. Um, Fulmer kind of got lit up last time out, but that was against the Indians. I don't know what the deal is, but they just have evil voodoo magic on us at this point. So
1: Yeah, I don't know what the devil pact they made is, but the Tigers will just
0: never be good against the Indians ever again. Yep. M- maybe when Justin Berlander returns. Maybe, maybe, oh. that will, maybe that will turn the tide if, if anything can.
1: Yeah, if anything can, that will be it. Although you know, the tweet that will live it in me
0: forever. Yeah.
1: If at first you don't succeed, try and try and try and try and try and try and yep. try and try and try and try again.
0: Yep. One of these days it's gotta work out.
1: And I think they won after that one. So yeah. you know, it's
0: good for something. Yep, they did. And uh, yeah, and speaking of Mr. Verlander, um, we were just gonna mention, you know, he and um he and Max Scherzer were both the A L and N L players of the week, respectively. And uh that's just frustrating, man. <laughs> it's like just watching.
1: Like, it's like watching all of your exes like go to a party together. Yeah,
0: and they just look the best, and, and just like, post dialed. some super,
1: super great photos on Instagram later about it. And you're just sitting at home in your sweatpants, eating ice cream right out of the pint. That's how it feels right now to watch Verlander and Scherzer do so well.
0: Yep. Yep. It's I like you
1: so. tell yourself you're really happy for them, but you're just crying into your like chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, everything's it's, fine. It's
0: totally fine. It wouldn't. I'm not. You know, I'm not, know, I'm not addressing any anything from personal experience. This isn't my life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This, you know, things would be exactly the same if Max was here. You know, we wouldn't have. You know, won a World Series. You know, or or multiple. You know, over the past few years. Uh, you know, nothing would have been different. So. So it goes, you know, they made that decision and (laughs) it's okay, it's okay. But no, I'm really just watching both of them just go out and just still dominate, you know, both of them, you know, kind of, you know, kind of getting long in the tooth for Max now a little bit too, um, has has just been going and going Um, since 2012, you know, maybe the best pitcher in the game. So... Yep, oh, that's uh, that's just impressive to see, and you know Verlander has almost never had a good April. to so to see him come out and just own everyone all April so far, yeah. But he
1: was good even in oof. spring training, which is insane. Like he's just been ready to go right out of the gate.
0: Yep, like, yeah. He looked exactly he, like he did in October all spring, just throwing yeah, ninety-seven, he's painting the corners, just on fire. <laughs> I think Shohei Otani's trying to kill Hanley Ramirez, and it's amazing. <laughs> is he chucking it in at him?
1: Well, he's been real inside all game. Oh, and, yeah. like, just like these guys are just leaning right out of the box to get away from these pitches. But he just, like, Canley Ramirez just had to take a knee and, like, take a breather. It was <laughs> pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, a little chin music there. Little, little, a little bit. Quick a little heart. Bit quick heart. On the inside. Nope. Uh, um. So we're going to, we are going to move on and talk about um, a couple of larger, kind of more MLB wide baseball topics um i don't know if we're actually going to talk that much about otani or just keep watching you know just keep having you come in with what's going on yes or i'll game. just periodically give you the live Like fine. it's it's just crazy to see a guy doing what he's doing um it makes you start to think like should some of the uh, these other pitchers you know be playing more like can they do it have we just kind of been babying pitchers on this front for so long well, that we've missed out i don't on know right like I it's hard to to say that everybody else has the
1: capability of being a two-way player right like oh, definitely but yeah. like not everybody can be a great pitcher and a great like batter like i mean the rays have a prospect brendan mckay yep. who i think has been pretty highly touted i think keith law even said that he thought he could potentially be better than otani um just because of the individual strengths of his skill set mm-hmm. um But I mean, that's you don't want to go shout into the rooftops that somebody's going to outdo Otani. But there are players out there that do have that two-way potential, Um, and I think what's great about Otani is that you're going to see guys like that get developed as two-way players.
0: Yeah, that's so, the like, thing. Our team's gonna, you know, kind of take that tack with some of their, you know, their prospects and like actually try to do this in the minor leagues or, you know, is yeah, well, I, mean, I feel bad for Anthony do it and, Ghost, who could yeah. have done both, but is a
1: little bit past his prime now. Yeah, and well, so yeah, like a hitter he never had a prime. So well, yeah, <laughs> it, it was that flaw but in I, the plan. But yeah, <laughs> I think you may end up seeing more of it. You'll see more of it with guys because I, I think at like the really low levels, like your high school and even college levels, you see guys who do do both. Yeah. And I think now scouts are probably going to be looking at whether or not players do have that dual school skill set, and whether or not that development could go long term.
0: Yeah, and just kind of you know maybe giving it a little bit more of a chance in the minor leagues, like just you know you don't have to work it that hard and have guys you know you know playing five days a week, you know with one of them being their start, um, but just mixing them in there where maybe they can hit and play in the field, you know, a couple times a week, just to see you know if their skill set kind of comes along. Um, yeah. The Tigers have Dane Myers who um, they drafted in the sixth round last year out of Rice. And I know he was a really good third baseman and a pretty good hitter in college um, who's someone who wanted to be able to do this. And the, you know, the Tigers aren't, aren't having it. And he's probably not good enough where it necessarily mattered as far as, you know, as far as his hitting goes. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of guys out there who, you know, who, who do have at least, you know, modest skills in, in the other areas. And um, yeah, you just wonder if it, it, there might be a little bit of a trend started um, if, Shohai Otani kind of proves that it can be done. Although he is uh, he is quite obviously a rare physical specimen. <laughs> he is a special yeah. kid. Well, I was just joking before we started the podcast that he looks like he's got
1: Captain America's upper body. I've never seen shoulders that wide in my life. They're ridiculous.
0: Yeah, without like, it, like at least without it being accompanied by like this, you know, the whole body being. You know, yeah, well, man.
1: he should have like some enormous thick neck or something, or just being all over like wall of man. Yeah, but like he just has like comically wide large shoulders like i never noticed it before mm-hmm. just watching this game just like the set of his upper body is hilarious like and not in a bad way he doesn't look weird or wrong he just has very wide shoulders
0: yeah, he's uh you know he's kind of built like a swimmer you know and i, I always kind of yeah. thought that about like verlander too but yeah Otani's just um he's just a really you know kind of slender lean guy who just has like a huge huge wingspan (laughs) just enormous and and long legs you know yeah so yeah it's kind of interesting he's generating obviously generating his power both in pitching and hitting um with that combination so yeah he does kind of stand out on the on the field even if you weren't looking at his face or anything else about him he's a he's a big big kid
1: I gotta say, I, when I was watching the Royals game on the weekend, the cutest thing I discovered—and
0: I hate to use the word
1: "cute" in a baseball podcast—but it was adorable. Like we we talked a bit about his first home run, and like you know, the guy snubbed him in the like the clubhouse, and he had to like pull Ian Kinsler off the wall to get his high fives and hugs. The the sweetest thing about watching in, in Kansas City is that he did like a bases clearing triple. Oh, yeah. And when he got back to the dugout, the guys were bowing to him, yeah, like yeah. Japanese-style bowing. And I thought that that was so sweet that the team is making this, like, real effort to embrace the culture that he comes from and, like, to, to you know, extend that to him. So I thought that was a really
0: lovely yeah. kind of touch. They're really, you know, and they seem, um, you know, you never know what guys are really thinking or whatever, but, you know, they, they seem really into it. Um I remember, you know, I think it was Zach Kozart who was talking with like it was like him and Ian Kinsler getting interviewed about Otani and they were like you know we saw some of the things that were written about how he would have to go to the minor leagues like you know dude we saw him all spring um, you know we, we knew we were going to see some wild shit <laughs> so yeah you know, so yeah I yep, think it,
1: all in since we're it. talking about Otani I, I just want to bring up the article that came out this week about how the Angels are apparently asking fans to like be quiet for his at-bats yeah which I've I've heard conflicting things on, because apparently part of the article was that he actually appreciated it, Um, but that somebody pointed out to me that, like, in the Japanese leagues, it's like a circus at all times. Yeah,
0: it's chaos there, yeah.
1: So, like, he is well aware of, like, loud, excited, just gonzo crowds. So I'm not sure why he would want the quieter crowd or expect something quiet or why... Anyone would ask a crowd of baseball fans to be like calm, cool, and collected about one of the most exciting
0: baseball players to come to the states ever. Yeah, it's hard to tell because it also—I mean, it also kind of sounded to me like there were there were some fans in particular who were like sitting right behind home plate and just screaming at him, you know, screaming his name, screaming all kinds of stuff. And, you know, maybe that is the problem, whereas, you know, in Japan, that would just kind of blend right in. But in an American yeah. stadium, um, especially, you know, an open air stadium, it's, you know, it, it's kind of like you, they're right on top of him, like scream at him. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a little different um, as a yeah, result it of could, that. But it, it, could it was, mean, you weird. know, there's
1: always those guys that are like just super obnoxious at games.
0: Yeah. But it is weird. To just just the very concept of telling fans to like quiet down a little bit, like, you know, this isn't golf. So uh, it's a sad, (laughs) right? Like, and especially team like the Angels, who I mean,
1: yeah, they've had Mike Trout for a while, but this is a team that's got a reason to be very excited about what's happening right now, and to tell their fans to not be vocal about that is crazy to me.
0: Yep, let them go crazy. Like they
1: have a really good team right now that's doing just insanely well. And, like, first team to 10 wins this season and and so on and so forth. So,
0: I mean, like, just let them be happy about it. Yeah, there there are a couple games up on the Astros. And, um, yeah, you know, there was um, was an article about this. I can't remember if it was Ken Rosenthal for The Athletic. I wish I could remember whose it was. But basically what they were saying is that a a part of um, Otani's decision making um, when he was trying to pick which team was that he liked the way Mike Trout doesn't really conduct himself like a star. Like he's a star on the field and plays like a star, but outside of that, you know, is, is really low key. And I guess, you know, that's kind of something Otani kind of wants to model himself on. So, you know, maybe that plays into it too, that he's just, you know, he he doesn't really want the, the individual attention, you know, he wants the team to do well. He's a team guy. So.
1: Oh, that makes it so tough though, because like we've talked ad nauseum and I've written articles about how big of a problem the MLB has with marketing their stars yeah. and, and honestly you have a guy like Otani that like everybody is excited about. You just want to like seize that yeah, and make the most out of it. So it, it's sort of hard if he wants to kind of do the low key approach, but you know that the that baseball in general should just be milking him for all he's worth as far as like putting his face on posters and making shirts with his,
0: like, you know, like, it yeah. just
1: should be everywhere. He should be everywhere.
0: Yep, he should be on The Tonight Show and game shows and just, like, yeah, getting him out as, as often as possible on all kinds of things. But, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you know, Trout just doesn't like to do that kind of stuff. And the one who does and who I think kind of balances it pretty well, obviously, is Bryce Harper. Uh, but he does a lot of, you know, self-promotion. It's, you know, it's his deals with, you know, various... I don't know, hair product sponsors or whatever Well, whatever the, the, the dual
1: doing. hair dryer commercial that came out recently. He did a, a special line of shoes last yeah. year for the All-Star game with Under Armour, which were unbelievable and i'm so mad they didn't market them as runners um sorry runners is the canadian phrase for sneakers um but running shoes <laughs> like tennis I, shoes as, as they're bizarre yeah to, <laughs> which is the, the cutest the phrase i've ever heard in my life <laughs> um but they were these really incredible cleats that were like bright purple with like miami themes on them like pink yellow like it was just beautiful oh, yeah, i feel like i un- remember those you super missed the boat on not marketing those
0: as running shoes. Cause I would have paid 150 bucks for a pair of those. Yeah. Gotta, gotta get, hit those opportunities, but it's, but that's it. You know, it's all Bryce Harper. Um, doing that kind of himself. And then on the field, you know, he goes out there and just plays like a savage. Like he always does. Yeah. Um, isn't really showing out <laughs> apart from when he's angry and whatever, but he was wearing Louis Vuitton
1: cleats for oh, the wow. opening game series. Really? I, died when i saw like custom louis vuitton cleats he has worn at least four or five different custom pairs of cleats this season that i've seen he had a beautiful blue jackie robinson pair um just like all sorts of different stuff going on but i almost peed when i saw those louis (laughs) vuitton cleats i'm like how utterly
0: ridiculous is this yeah that is something else that is something else entirely. Um yes, you know, actually I wanted to mention this cuz speaking of um position players pitching, um the Tigers have convert or are in the process of converting Arvacent Perez who's kind of been a not really a, a real prospect, but like a backup catcher, you know, potentially, um, who's been in the farm system for a few years now. And apparently they, they've decided to send him to Erie um, to start working on being a pitcher. Um, I don't know if there's going to be like an extended spring training stint to help him work on that, but he's always had a cannon uh, behind the plate. And so, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, he, he was never going to hit. And it just feels like they, they kind of decided, like, well, maybe we should just see if, you know, if the arm can play enough to, to actually turn into something. So that, that's kind of an interesting experiment um, to keep an eye out for as the minor league season rolls along.
1: Oh, if we're going to talk minor league catchers, we should mention that the Tigers did re-sign Cade Sevick. civic
0: Yep, Civic, I believe, yep.
1: Civic I always want to pronounce it ceviche. Mm. Um, like the 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 fish dish. Oh yeah. Um, but that's because I look at it and I'm like, there's so many consonants and vowels in there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I just don't know how to say this name. But Kate <laughs> Civic, who I believe was part of the what deal was he originally a part of? Oh,
0: he went over for um, Eric Ibar in 2016. He was that's part of that. Right. Yep. I can't remember who else went over there with him. But um... no, it was
1: somebody else that we got back in that.
0: I don't even remember, honestly. And it was, it was somebody super underwhelming.
1: So clearly, I mean, we ended up getting him back anyway for a song for nothing because yeah. he was dropped.
0: So Yeah, and it's a really, uh, you know, it's a minor thing because, you know, Cade Civic wasn't particularly all that good of a prospect yet either. But um, fairly good defensive catcher from what I recall. So, yeah, you never know. He ended up just getting released from the Braves, and so we picked him up again. So, and they've got Anibal Sanchez down there, who I believe dominated in his first start of the year, which was pretty amazing.
1: Uh, also, he had like a, a scoreless run going against the Tigers. Yeah. So that was super fun to watch. Yep, yeah, that spring
0: training start. So yeah, I don't. Know. I, I was kind of laughing though because I could see Braves fans saying the exact same things that we've all said the past three years every time he put together like the two or three awesome outings per year in a row. Because he always seems to do that, um, and that I, I have to assume that's probably what's going on again. But it'd be interesting if uh, Annibal could figure it out down there and, and keep himself afloat a little bit longer. I and mean, yeah it would be lovely to watch him actually like finish out the last part of his career yep. um
1: on a high note and like maybe extended another season beyond that just as long as he does it on a team that's not ours
0: yeah exactly and and, and you know, preferably
1: not against
0: ours all yep. that often exactly although we can't really be hurt at this point that's what i keep telling everybody like there's nothing that can hurt you when you're this far down so <laughs> once you reach
1: rock bottom there is no further to fall
0: yeah that's just how it goes um yeah, so uh, let me see. Yeah, let me just talk a little bit about some of the prospects. Um, again, it's like super early for this. A lot of guys only have like 30, 40 ABs yet, so I'm not going to make a big fuss about Derek Hill and um, Das Cameron not really getting off to much of a start at all. Isaac Paredes, um, who is really may turn out to be the key piece that we got back um, in the Justin Wilson deal from the Cubs um, shortstop. He's already got two home runs. Um, I believe he's batting, What is he batting, Nah, actually, his batting average is still terrible, but it's early. But he does have two home runs and five extra base hits. Um, and I know I've already been hearing reports from quite a few people that the ball is just leaping off of his bat. Um, everyone's really excited about him. So it looks like he's kind of picked right up um, where he left off last year in West Michigan, which is really good to see. Um, that's really the only like hitter that's been doing well, but with all of our um, our top pitching prospects basically hurt except for Bo Burrows and Kyle Funkhauser, a bunch of other guys have done really well. Um, someone that we we kept an eye on a lot last year and had like a solid year, but not really a standout breakout type year is Anthony Castro, um, who pitched for the White Caps last year and was really good. Um, but so far with with Lakeland, he's been outstanding. Um, he's through eleven and two thirds innings. Um, he's got a .94 WHIP. He hasn't allowed any runs yet, and he's got eleven strikeouts. So he's um, he's he's been out there looking really good, throwing a nasty sinker um, with good life on it. He's got a really nice power curveball. And a couple of people have said, you know, the changeup looks a lot better. So we may. Um, Anthony Castro is a guy who may turn into another another prospect, and he's someone that I know isn't on anyone's radar outside of people following the Tigers. So, so he's been doing well. Alex Fayedo has also um, done really well. He gave up two home runs in the first inning, inning he pitched and since then um, his two appearances have otherwise been scoreless and he's he's racked up some strikeouts as well so things have been going pretty well down on the farm so far um, apart from Manning and Perez both being hurt so yeah there's some uh there's some good signs at least early on but yeah it's just uh I this this part of the year is just frustrating because I just don't want to say too much <laughs> just we need to see more well you don't want to jinx anything and also it's the, the curse of the very small sample size. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, Dawa Lugo, um, who we got back for um, JD Martinez. Um, he's just been hitting the cover off the ball pretty well, and, um, and for Toledo. And I've had a nine-game hitting streak coming into today. I'm not sure if he, if he had a hit last night or not, so I didn't do the, the minor league recap last night. But so he's been doing pretty well. Um, Mike Gerber's done really well so far. Um, he's he's a guy you will see, I think, this year. So yeah, there's there's been some interesting interesting noise down on the farm so far. Seeing if anybody else is really standing out to me. Just looking through some of their numbers, see if anyone's doing anything. Nah, nothing nothing crazy going on. Um, the Whitecaps could could use the an infusion of some talent this year because they're not going to be super exciting to watch probably at first. Um, but once the the draft happens in June, um, we'll probably see some more players heading there. And hopefully, I haven't heard anything yet. But hopefully, Matt Manning will be back there shortly and start making his first starts of the year, Um, and I will be going to West Michigan every time that happens, as often as possible, because I want to see me some Matt Manning. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yep, yep. It was just kind of a weird start to the year. We're all excited about our pitching prospects, and then uh, Franklin Perez is out until probably July, and uh, Matt Manning pulled an oblique, and he's going to miss the first few weeks at least. So kind of a drag there, especially as we're pretty heavily focused on the minor leagues now. Um, Yeah, all right. I think we pretty much covered the Tigers. I got I got nothing else to really offer on the Tigers front. So let's talk about <laughs> what the hell is going on with Major League Baseball and their their vendetta. Let's call it against the pitching ninja, because this really pissed me oh, off today. Poor Rob. This pissed me off. The so other Rob. Bad. So
1: for those who don't know, if you're not on Twitter, there's this wonderful account that's Twitter at pitching ninja, and he does like slow mo or focused um gifts of really sick disgusting pitches and it's just it's a great account you get to like really like hone in on the movement of pitches you get to like see that nice slow-mo breakdown on a breaking ball or just like a slider that just sneaks away like you get a really really good view of what's happening and i i guess what's happening there's a whole level of pardon my french bullshit to this (laughs) apparently it, it circles back to barstool and i'm not gonna like rally against barstool here but i guess there was like a thing between pitching ninja and one of the barstool guys and as a result a ton of people reported the pitching ninja account so i had erroneously said on my twitter that it was related to the mlb directly but i don't know if that's the case but anyway the bottom line is at the end of the day Pitching Ninjas account got suspended by Twitter, and I guess it was for for non fair use of MLB property would be the video from the games. And to me, I think he is providing a different service, and because I've always understood the use of video for for MLB play, um, that you could use it as long as you were discussing it or like breaking it down or creating you know, actual discussion around parts of play and
0: not monetizing it. Yeah. Which and not wasn't.
1: monetizing it. And to me, the way that he, he focuses in on pitches and like really directs your attention to the way that pitchers form works and the way that the movement of the ball goes, I, I think it, it just creates art out of it. Like I had so much more appreciation for the movement of pitches of guys that I watch every day, just looking at this account, like, we're seeing guys like straight up like pro baseball players coming in and going free pitching ninja on Twitter, because we're not the only ones that get a kick out of this.
0: Yep. I like, mean, every time we post he... a cool gif, yeah, you'll see all kinds of, you know, well-known pitchers who are on Twitter are all yep, about pitchers it.
1: Pitchers come in and talk about their stance and how they change for balls and like, and how they grip a ball. Like you'll actually see real discussion of how pitching works. And it's been a fascinating account to follow. And that's what drives me nuts about this is that I do think he's offering something legitimate there. And and while I understand the the reason why they say that they can pull it down for those reasons, I mean, he doesn't own it. it it's not his original content. He is just slowing it down and focusing on it. I, I think there is an important aspect of what he's providing.
0: Yeah. So that's what really pisses me off about it. It's just, I mean, it's just the stupidity that we see far too often from major league baseball where, They just, I mean, you know, I don't know who makes these decisions, but whoever they are is like deeply out of touch um, with how information is transmitted by the younger generation, especially. But really with anyone who's remotely computer literate at this point, um, you know, a lot of us were immediately like, well, yeah, well, they should have just hired him um, because he does, you know, he provides a service that MLB doesn't provide, um, that StatCast can't provide. And he just does it better than all of them. He does it with Snark. Um, he educates as you know with the clips um, in in terms of like describing what's going on, and it's not even just like the, the grips and the movement of pitches. It's um, you know different deliveries, like how to vary delivery times, like some of the, the kind of quirky stuff that like a Marcus Stroman or a Johnny Cueto will do, like how that affects um, a hitter's timing. Um, and yeah, just all delivered with a lot of intelligence and wit. I I don't really know, I don't know if Rob was um, you know what level he was a pitching coach. Of, but he was definitely a pitching coach somewhere, maybe in college. And um, yeah, I mean, I just I just think there was so much value to that account. Um, and, you know, and it really spread, you know, for Major League Baseball, you know, which is a sport that doesn't have, you know, it has these big punctuations, but there's so much going on, you know, moment to moment in each pitch that unless you're you're familiar with the game and intimately, you would miss all this stuff. And, you know, he was, yeah, it was just a great account that, you know, did a great job teaching the game and teaching, like, the art of pitching, as Jim Price would say. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you just figure, like, you know, it, it wasn't costing MLB any. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hurting them in any way. Um, he, you know, and when people like this promote the game in, you know, like the NBA or in NHL or NFL play, um, you know, th- there's all kinds of like guys who break down film, um, especially football. Like, I mean, it just goes on and on with like the dudes who, you know, have these accounts where they break down like all these different plays throughout the game and the schemes, different defensive coordinators you use. And there's no one doing that, um, for baseball and he was doing it brilliantly. So yeah, it was just, you know, it's just one of those moments where you just look at the sport that you love the most and just think it's run by utter morons. Um, yeah, to me, like, that account feels. was just
1: nothing but free advertising for baseball. Yep. Like, it certainly made me want to watch games outside the,
0: like, three teams that I cover. So, uh, yeah, I don't... It's, and it's just so bad, you know, because, you know, obviously teams want you to go to their their team page, watch, you know, the three or four video clips that they put up after each game of whatever highlight, and watch the ads, and that generates the ad revenue, but what he was doing didn't even touch on any of that because it didn't really have anything to do with like, you know, um, you know, the strikeout that ended an inning and escaped a jam or a home run or any of that stuff. It was all about like this is you know this pitch is freaking nasty and this is why and look at the the reaction of the, the hitter and all that kind of stuff. So you know it, it didn't even like tread on their toes in any way. Um, so yeah, it it just sucks. Um, it was just a great account and you know we you know obviously to take it even further like from. The perspective of people who write about the sport um you know it was really nice having those clips because like coming through three hour games for you know a little bit of video to cut a gif of is exhausting and for the you know for the most part we just can't do it it's just time prohibitive so i don't know how he managed to do it but um you know pretty much any game that was going on on a given night you would see like the best couple pitches that were thrown that night would all you know kind of pop up in his on his account so i don't know hopefully they'll reinstate him um i don't know if that's going to happen um I don't know. There was a lot of outcry. And there was a lot of people screaming on Twitter, and I know a lot of the a lot of people were going over to Barstool Sports and screaming at those guys for being morons. But uh, uh,
1: I could I have personally used use the people not mentioning mention Barstool in my timeline time because, because I just need to keep TV those
0: guys away from, from
1: my account. account. Like I don't even, I even use the use word on Twitter, on
0: Twitter. I know. Because, I didn't even like, know what they were until I got on Twitter. I don't have any ideas <laughs> who these guys are, but whatever
1: a barrage of like bitterness and misogyny that i just don't need anywhere near my account um, just don't talk, i don't talk about it on twitter because they have like alerts set and i just don't want it near my timeline yeah um, but yeah no it's it's yeah, so I get, stupid I get in arguments
0: with nazis and stuff all day anyway so like i'm, I'm just i'm just <laughs> no, used
1: to it. I, I don't have time to fight with people on twitter it's I too know. exhausting. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. To me, it falls within fair use. Like, and I'm not a lawyer. I, I have no law degree here. But I, I think he was discussing it and breaking it down enough. Like, I, I don't get how the legalities of that work. To me, I, I think he was offering enough of a distinctive service to make it okay. And it was free. He wasn't making any money doing it.
0: Yeah. And we don't so really I don't... know. You know, and that's the problem. Like, we don't know if MLB got wind of this and if they did I have no idea how they were not aware of this before I like I can't so many of their players followed the account um you know you would see Brandon McCarthy, Dallas Braden, um, I saw Kelvin Herrera complaining today. Yeah, Kelvin Herrera was the one I saw today
1: where he's just like free pitching ninja. We want pitching ninja. Oh, yeah, so all I mean, that was these, going around. Yep. There's I think there's absolutely something important to that account that goes beyond just us being all like, "Oh, look at this
0: filthy pitch."
1: Yep. Like and they were getting, like you
0: said, they're getting all, all that content for free. And really, they probably, if they were smart and wanted to have some say over what he did, they should just pay him and make that a, a an make MLB it an official week. account. Like make yep. him a
1: Cup Four guy, or make him a guy like
0: yep, you know the the Cespedes Barbecue. Cespedes barbecue.
1: Like just yep. make him official. Yep, give really him sure access just... to that, and then just be like MLB sanctioned. Look at our like MLB pitches at MLB pitches, just like. Well, I don't get it. And it's stupid. And, if,
0: and to our listeners, if you're out there and you've never, you know, you have, weren't following his account, you're not on Twitter, it may sound like, uh, eh, you know, it's a guy who posts a lot of little clips of pitches. Big deal. And, yeah, if it, that's, that's exactly why this is as big a deal as it is, is because it doesn't sound to you like it would be anything, and yet it is. Like, all these people are furious and all these people are mad because he just, he did that high level of job with it um, that he brought the game home in, in a completely different way than uh, Major League Baseball itself is ever able to do. So I, I just need to take take a break. here. Yeah. All right. Well we're gonna transition the action, we're gonna transition real quick we'll be to giving them props for one thing that they have done that I'm really happy about and it's going on tonight, which is the series between the Cleveland Indians and Minnesota Twins.
1: Before we do that, can I just talk about this Red Sox
0: Angels game for okay, one second? Okay, go ahead.
1: And, that Otani is out, and Bard came in and gave up three home runs, um, two two-run home runs, and then Mookie Betts' second home run of the night, and this is an 8 nothing game right now. Oh, wow. Oh, it's so bad. It's only oh, the
0: top of the third. Daniel Bard. Bard. Daniel Bard welcoming in his own old teammates and just getting beat up. Oh,
1: oh Bard is just getting
0: lit up well i don't care at all i don't care at all about daniel bard oh now you're glad you didn't
1: watch i mean otani made it through two innings this is rough
0: well there you go yeah it's gonna be some. now you're glad now you're, you're glad you didn't watch this is terrible yeah well you know as soon as you know like i'm not yeah you know i'm gonna watch pretty much anything shohei otani does now going forward but yeah in spring training it was like I think it was Jeff Passon from Yahoo Sports who wrote this article where he talked to all these scouts and people were like, oh, you know, he's like barely, a you know, a college-level hitter at this point. He needs to stay, you know, in the minors and probably start in A-ball. All these people just ragging on him. And then, you know, within like, you know, t- two starts of the, the season beginning, you know, he's the greatest thing that's ever happened. He's Babe Ruth Part 2. You know, he's the Samurai Bambino, And, all you know, all this nonsense <laughs> is coming out. That, you know, I had never heard it.
1: that nickname before, and that is just hilarious yeah, and
0: just you know and just taking it you know completely the other way you know and I love the I love the hysteria over him but yeah you know he's still you know he's still gonna have his ups and downs like everybody else he's he's not a better pitcher than Max Scherzer yet and he's probably no. not a better hitter than Bryce Harper or Freddie Freeman or Votto or Trout or whoever you want to pick so it's just gonna take him a little time but oh boy has it been fun so far and man he's just got incredible physical skills he yeah incredible so and you know and the thing that I didn't realize is that he's fast. Like he doesn't look that fast, but he's one of those. Oh dudes my got god, got long he, legs and is just flying without really looking. He like
1: went it. to third on that triple in in like in Kansas City the other night in eleven point two seconds.
0: Mm, I, yep. So he's you know there we go. Whatever else happens this year, we're, we're going to have Shohei Ohtani to watch, which is going to be super fun. And the fact that he's on a team with Justin Upton and, and Ian Kinsler, both of whom are among my favorite players, and Mike Trout, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun team to watch. And when Tigers games end at 10, 1030, that's that's the team I'm going to be switching over to watch unless Verlander's pitching for the Astros. So, yeah. Well, yeah, for me,
1: I'm picking up up these West Coast teams just because that's usually the only time now I I have available to watch games. So I've been watching a lot of Angels and a lot of Mariners.
0: Yeah. 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 I watched some Mariners last year because I thought they might do a little better finally, but I gave that up pretty early in the season. (laughs) It just wasn't happening there either. My God, there was a
1: Mariners-A's game on this weekend that was just the most hilarious display of baseball I've ever watched in my life. I had one player hit a home run into the hit-it-here sign <laughs> up in Safeco, um, like right into the, the restaurant that's by the hit-it-here sign. It was just some of the most terrible offensive play that I've like just it was ridiculous. Like, I mean, the defense from the A's was just abysmal. They were dropping balls everywhere. And yet somehow there was not a 17 run lead. It was so strange.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just one of those just weird series where you're just like, what? what is happening here? Actually that, that series against the pirates, like early on the Tigers first series was a series like that. Where it was like, this is even baseball. It's freezing cold. There's all kinds of weird things happening. Um, Dixon Machado keeps coming up to plate with, you know, with runners on and the Tigers needing him to tie and lacing doubles everywhere. It was like, oh, hey? right? there's just a Yahoo post
1: coming up about the pitching ninja thing by Jeff Passan. Ah, do it, Jeff. Um, and it was nearly every Rob Freeman treat. uh, blah, blah. So Twitter's temporarily locked his account because of multiple violations of digital millennium copyright
0: act. Oh Lord.
1: Um, DCMA, the MCA. Yeah. Um, but he should be back soon.
0: Yeah, maybe league just sources reestablishing the rules.
1: Man, I don't know. No, here we go. Um, league sources told Yahoo Sports they expect a that would allow him to continue posting gifts. In a letter to the league official who filed the DMCA complaint, Friedman, a lawyer by trade, oh, Rob, you are awesome. outlined yes. his argument on how what he does benefits the league. I also understand that MLB has a very every right to protect its product. Uh, I'm most certainly not trying to deprive MLB of any value. Instead, I'm trying to create value by helping pitchers have a sense of community, learn, and appreciate the game. Rather than debate the legal matter, I'm more than happy to give MLB all of my gifts for free or work out some other content deal that just allows me to use MLB content as permitted for fair use to help pitchers, coaches, and fans understand the game. I would be happy to donate any content for free and execute a copyright license, ensuring that MLB owns any gifts I create. Ah, uh, out way, Rob. Alright. So it says, MLB plans to contact Friedman in the coming days, if not sooner, at which point they are likely to agree on what constitutes fair use. The fear over the suspension of Friedman was exacerbated by fear that MLB is continuing a social media policy long seen as draconian. Oh, we would to do that. Yeah, well, you yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I
0: did just say yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Particularly when combined with a social media-friendly NBA, which stops the any publicity is good publicity approach to Twitter. This is awesome. Okay, so this to me suggests that we should have Pitching Ninja back as long as the MLB doesn't really like just super suck at this. Um, but the fact that he's saying you own the gifts, you can do this, do whatever you want with them. I mean, yeah, I'm glad to see that the, the uproar over his suspension. Has there was some has uproar. reached a point. It was crazy. People yep. were going nuts. Yep. Um, I was and, going and nuts. Glad to see that it has such amazing and immediate response. So that's awesome.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that's that's a little better. MLB, like the fact that they were actually paying attention and realized that a lot of the a lot of the people super upset were their own players. Um, so yeah. Yep. That's good. That's good to hear. It seems like some, you know this is going to work. Maybe they just you know they have some particular guidelines they want to lay out for them, and maybe they can uh, yeah all come to an agreement and make this thing happen well that's good we, <laughs> get, we got the we got i didn't the whole realize story. he was a lawyer so i mean that's lucky for him yeah i didn't know that either this, but it was good on him so um yeah the other yeah all right the last topic i just you know mentioned it before we went into the Otani <laughs> stuff but um cleveland indians and minnesota twins are playing in a series in puerto rico this week and um that just seems like, you know, just, like, the greatest idea. Like, I've, I've wanted teams to do this a little bit more. Like, you know, there was there was the series where they went to Japan a few years ago. I think there was an Australian series. There was an
1: Australian series, yeah.
0: Yeah, with the Dodgers. So, yeah, I like that they're doing this. And, you know, I'd like to see that continue and kind of get into, like, the Dominican and maybe do, um, do some more of that. Um, it just seems like, obviously, you know, Venezuela, maybe you can't. But this just seems like such a great... Um, kind of goodwill and outreach, you know, thing to do to have, you know, and obviously you're probably, there's probably some money lost in the deal, but as far as like going down there and, and promoting the sport in a place where so much talent is, is coming, um, you know, from Puerto Rico, it's the haven the and the mecca for baseball. So they deserve to have some games played down there and kind of have that, you know, that relationship kind of, um, you know, put front and center. And of course, Francisco Lindor, who is Puerto Rican crushed a two run shot tonight. Um, and, and, you just, you just don't see a place go that freaking crazy, um, for one home run as they did for Lindor hitting that bomb. It was, it was impressive. It was, it was a kind of eye opening sight for how baseball is, you know, kind of thought about and, and revered down there. So that was cool. Well, it,
1: yeah. It reminds me of a, an article I read on the player's tribune a while ago from Carlos Beltran, where he was talking about being raised in that environment. Cause he's Puerto Rican as well. And Oh God, I hope I'm right about that. Um, I'm sure I am. No, he is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he, he just talked about growing up there and how like for that's just ingrained so deeply in, in their sense of, of like like country pride of these players who who make it to the big leagues and who become stars and it just they become heroes in that country. Yeah. And we even saw it when we were watching the World Baseball Classic where they were selling out of bleach because the entire country wanted to dye their hair to match what the Puerto Rican team was doing. And and I, and I do think it it is an incredible value and an amazing thing that they're able to go and play real, you know, MLB baseball in that country, because I think you're going to see more than even regularly, a huge generation of young fans grow up in that country wanting to do it just because they were there. They got to see on local TV or, you know, wherever possible that they got to see that Lindor home run and know that they could be that hero. And I think that that's just an incredible gift.
0: Yep. And, and you know, maybe they didn't really need that because, this, you know, that's a that's a place that is just obsessed with baseball already. But what I also like is for American fans to see what, what the sport is like in Puerto Rico or the Dominican and just how, you know, rabidly passionate people are about it. Um, because, you know, it's just not that way here anymore. And, you know, I think there's actually... Quite a bit to be learned um, from the experience in Puerto Rico of, of what baseball is like there. Um, there's there's a lot for people here to take away from that, um, and I hope I hope you know some of that kind of translates because um, you know the, the culture of baseball in Latin America and especially in the, those Caribbean islands. Um, it's just you know it's just like nothing else it's it's incredible and like you said i mean everyone there who makes it to the major leagues and is successful becomes kind of a national hero and it's it's a lot the way like you know hockey you know olympic hockey players from from canada or like yeah. the, the way cuban boxers used to be thought of in cuba so yeah it's just a super cool thing um and yeah i'm i'm just really pleased that they went and did it and that they also kind of went with the intention of you know bringing some relief as well um you know puerto rico's obviously recovered somewhat but um you know as we've heard all winter long like there's still a lot of a lot of places in puerto rico that are still without power after hurricane maria um there's a lot of things that haven't been rebuilt um so yeah you know it was good that they brought some help there because you know a lot of talent comes from puerto rico to america so um and obviously puerto rico is part of america um although sometimes gets forgotten yeah sometimes gets forgotten that's a good way to put it that was, that was more diplomatic than i want to be so anyway. I was, i'm trying to be polite about <laughs> yeah, it yeah, exactly it
1: is also the country that gave us Lynn manuel Miranda, so I feel like yep, the states yep. could give back a little
0: bit to yep. it. And I, you know, and I've read a couple other biographies, like, um, I, you know, it was, I think it was Benji Molina, um, who uh, his biography really kind of, kind of just set that in, in my memory about like what it was like for him and, and Jose and Yadier growing up playing baseball and how that was just, that was everything. Like you, you know, you were either like a kid who didn't really have anything to do and maybe, you know, there was trouble and stuff, or you played, you know, you played baseball and you played baseball all day. So, yeah. Um, yep. yeah. Yeah culture of it's just just really cool there and yeah i'm glad they did that that's pretty neat so good on you for that one mlb and um yeah sounds like um you know maybe they've taken baby steps toward joining us here in the 21st century as far as social media and you know allowing fans to kind of help them help themselves by disseminating their own content and doing a better job than a lot of times the league is able to do. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, that's about it. I, I don't know. You got anything else kind of you wanted to bring up for this episode? Because I think we're pretty close to wrapping it. I think we're good. Uh,
1: Albert Pujols just hit hit number 2989 on oh. his career. Oh, that's cool. So, countdown to 3,000 is inching ever closer. That's pretty cool. And uh, who was it? Um, oh, yeah, Joe Maurer hit... 2000? 2000. 2000, yeah. Last
0: week. So we were having cool. quite
1: the discussion about whether or not Joe Maurer has a Hall of Fame case. Um, and I, I think that there is an aspect of that there for him. I know he doesn't have yeah. dazzling, like, you know, the 3,000 numbers. But I think there's, I think there's nothing to be said for him to being on the Twins the entirety of his career. And I think he's got enough of the individual notches that there's a case to be made there. I don't know that he's a shoe in by any stretch, but I, I think that there's a... I think I, depending on how he winds down his career, it'll be yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just... I can't really see it happening, and it, but it does kind of illustrate, like, the problem that the Hall of Fame has with catchers because, you know, they just... They don't accumulate value. They don't accumulate home runs, hits, the way other position players do, and it's resulted in their being, like, just woefully underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. Like, the fact that Bill Freehan isn't in the Hall of Fame... I was just going and it's also freehand. I, and if you look through those numbers, there's like 20 other catchers where it's like, well, why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, Lance Parrish should probably, you know, be in some consideration for the Hall of Fame, even. Um, and yeah, Joe Mauer probably as well. Like, you know, it's it's a different Just, thing. You can't judge him like you know an outfielder or something. Like the you know the wear and tear on your legs and everything. You, can, you know, you're not going to hit the same way, but doesn't mean you're not a Hall of Famer. Like it's it's a brutal position to play and harder to evaluate. So hopefully those let me once again. Out reiterate bill freehand
1: i'm gonna like single-handedly lead a campaign for the committee to get him in there after the fact um 11-time all-star five-time gold glove winner world series winner how is this man not in the fucking hall of fame i
0: don't know i mean he, he was you know he was got kind of the heart and soul of that whole team in a lot of ways so yeah it's just it's baffling it's just baffling the way catchers have kind of gotten the shaft and um you know and now that we're into the war era. And everyone wants to retrofit war to guys who played in the '60s and '70s. Like it just seems like it's going to be even more difficult. I'd like to see a committee of fifty major league, you know, former major league catchers just, you know, be told to go pick like twenty dudes and put them in the Hall of Fame. Pick your twenty best catchers. You guys can come up with we'll them. We're going to put them in because we know we've just done done the catchers wrong all this time.
1: I just need a shirt that says "Catchers deserve to be in the Hall of
0: yeah. Fame." Yeah, catchers deserve fame too.
1: Catchers deserve it.
0: Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out figure out some kind of shirt for Breaking Tea to whip up on that one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just freehand for Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> my my one woman, my one woman campaign.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we've got you know we we've got some ideas for things coming up. I'm going to try to get. Um, we had to cancel this last week, but we're going to try to get Dan Hasty, who's the West Michigan Whitecaps broadcaster, to come in and talk to us a little bit about about what he's seen in the early going. Um, I'm trying to find someone um, in either out in Erie to kind of give us a little bit of um, kind of first hand update on what's going on with the sea wolves. Um, we've got some other things coming. Um, I think we we'll am pro- going
1: to try to get my new best friend, Dan Dickerson to come on the show.
0: Yep, Dan Dickerson posting for us has just been just incredible. Like that, it, it, it still just kind of gives me a little bit of a shiver and it's like, well, how, how, how are we so fortunate to get to like kind of work with Dan Dickerson here? But that's, that's just been awesome. And what's just funny is that he's a really good writer. Um, there, there hasn't been all that much, that I would have thought like oh, I need to edit this or we should edit that like he just kind of like just drops these gems on us and we're like awesome thanks <laughs> so yeah it's been awesome so Dan Dickerson thank you very much for writing for us we really really appreciate it it's awesome you know to, to hear your kind of thoughts um, from your vantage point point uh, on how the thing, how the season progresses that's, that's been super cool um yeah the other thing we can talk about is um you know we have set up a patreon account um and you know we are trying not to be you know too in your face about soliciting donations but it really does help when you guys support us there um if anyone is able please go over to patreon.com backslash bless you boys and you can become a, scri- a subscriber and supporter of the podcast and the site over there um, at various levels, from three, I think, all the way up to,
1: or even a dollar. Like I think yeah. our lowest level is like a buck a month.
0: Yep, whatever um, you can do, it, it really it really does help us out. So
1: incredible if you do it, and if you can't, if it's not in your budget, totally fine. We will always do this podcast for free, um, but we just have a little bit of extra stuff that we add in for. Um, for patreon subscribers
0: yep yeah, there'll be some perks over there but we won't let it um kind of suck anything really away from the the main site so we're committed not to doing that and we won't do that so you don't have to worry about that but if you can help us that would be great um and we'll be back next huh? this will probably next be out week. tomorrow morning on wednesday so we'll be back next wednesday for you ashley uh anything <laughs> else
1: <laughs> you get? Uh, no, I think we've I think we've gone into the details of life and
0: everything in between. All right. Yep. And maybe um maybe when we come back next week it will be spring. Please, please guys. It is
1: in it is in Winnipeg. Is it? <laughs> it, it is. It's beautiful. It was like um in in Celsius terms plus fifteen today, which was incredible for us. There's very little snow left. I wish I knew what that meant,
0: but it sounds good. <laughs>
1: uh, it. I think that works
0: out. To, it's like. I want to say like 50? 50, 60. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah, that would be perfect. That would be, that would be just fine. And I think we are finally supposed to hit into the fifties next week. So yep, I'm going to, I'm going to get out, get my mountain bike ready. Um, go visit my great grandparents bar where I've never been. Check that out. Keeslings. <laughs> hit that up and yep. We'll see you guys next week. Ashley have a great night. You too. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.